Hey everyone, this is your co-host Estevan here with Red Band Podcast. Just wanted to come in and let you know that something weird happened with my microphone during this recording where it sketched out and sounded funky. Everyone else's audio came in crystal clear though, um, so I had to cut this episode up a little bit weird so you could still hear them and a little less of me. So if it sounds like I'm absent during this episode, just know that that's why. But still a great episode, very Star Wars themed, perfect for May the 4th be with you. So we hope you enjoy it. We have two special guests on. We have five-time returning champ, three times on the mic, two times in front of the camera, Matt. And we've got first-time guest, Nick, who you probably recognize that name from our UPS series. He's the one from California that we've been trying to get the refund for when we sent him uh, his package through UPS. So nonetheless, enjoy this episode from a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Lights, camera, action. UPS. You piece of shit. <laughs> I was like, you know what I want to do one day? I want to join a gang. We're in 2022. Upgrade the cameras. Yeah. We can see Saturn and shit, but like, I can't get a clear picture of someone robbing the gas station. That was the greatest night in the history of television. And and here's the thing about Star Wars. I mean, I take it we've all been fans since oh, yeah. forever, Absolutely. right? Like, since you were little. And I know you've been a fan, Nick, since... You were little because when we met, we've been friends since fourth grade, I fourth think. Fourth or fifth grade, yeah. I fourth, I think like we wow. met in fourth grade and then yeah. we really started hanging out in fifth grade. Wow. And we've been friends ever since. And it's crazy because we've never, or after fifth grade, we haven't been to the same school. Right. Ever. Right. And we've still been like super close mm-hmm. friends. So that's awesome. But my whole point of bringing that up is in fifth grade at recess, every recess, yeah. We would play Star Wars because that was the thing, and we would like just hold our our hands together and pretend it was a lightsaber, and and yeah, and just have lightsaber fights with this group of people, and the sand was the lava from Mustafar. <laughs> of course, of course, it was, it was yeah, awesome. So we've been we've been longtime Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. as, as you guys have yeah. as well. Before we yeah. dive into this, I'm wondering what's everyone's fondest Star Wars memory? Ooh, just because I think I have man. a really I have a really good one. Okay. I have a really So you got to go last then. Yeah, I'll go yeah, last. Okay. I'll go last. Man, Gosh. let me think for a second. Favorite Star Wars memory? Are you talking about like favorite memory of like watching something? I think so. Okay. Yeah, like seeing it or something like that okay. or like watching it or something fun like that. Wow. Gosh, that's tough. I got I think the I, seeing The Force Awakens in theaters after however many years since a movie had been in theaters. Yeah was a pretty awesome experience. We did a uh, marathon viewing where we went to the movie theater and they showed one through six. We were there for 24 hours. We got there, I think, at 10 or 11 p.m. The first movie started at like midnight or one. And then there was uh, 15-minute breaks. I think 15-minute breaks in between each movie. Might have been longer. Or 30 minutes in between each movie just to like go to the bathroom and – um, we got discounts on concessions, which was great at first. And then after like episode three, we just felt so sick. Oh, I was yeah. Like, I want after to die. After my fifth hot dog, <laughs> I was like, okay. Something's yeah. got to change. So, yeah. yeah. Which like, honestly, when you're just having one, kind of slaps. Yeah. Right. But right. after the fifth one, after you've had it for three movies long, you're kind of like, I want literally anything else. Right. Yes. But I, I've never been in a more hyped theater we got mm-hmm. to become friends with like the people that were sitting in front of us yeah and like um they were running jokes like every time jar jar binks would come on <laughs> screen for the first time everyone would start clapping and cheering <laughs> yeah. and um just laughing at some of the 
the awful dialogue in in the yes. prequels, which I love the prequels. Yes. They're my favorite, but <laughs> there is some really cringy, odd dialogue. And yeah. th- that group experience was like just incredible. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So that group of friends in front of us. Yeah. That we became friends with. You don't remember this? Febreze guy? Yeah. <laughs> so there was a guy in their group yeah. that I guess farted a lot and it was really bad. You <laughs> don't remember this? Vaguely and so and so one of his friends brought a can of Febreze because I guess it stunk so bad. Well, and he was nice. like, I'm not going to sit here in the movie and like just smell this for 24 hours. <laughs> so like r- randomly throughout the marathon, you, you would just, just hear <laughs> <laughs> the Febreze can. And uh, oh, no. it was so great. Was, oh, that's so funny. I had completely gold. forgotten about that. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, mine involves episode three, too. And this will make everyone feel real fuzzy inside. Okay. Okay. Excellent. It was the day episode three came out. And my mom told me I had a doctor's appointment. She came and got me from school. And she was like, we got to take you have a doctor's appointment. You got to get a checkup. Next thing you know, I'm at Century 14 downtown watching episode Dude. three. Got an appointment with Dr. Kenobi. Dr. Kenobi. Yeah. Greatest Star Wars memory of my life. That's my mom amazing. completely threw me for a whirl. I'm seeing episode three all of a sudden. Dude. While I should be at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. First access. And uh, yeah, it was the greatest, one of the greatest days of my life. That's if I remember sick. right, that movie came out like right at the end of the school year too yeah because it was right around your birthday i think Mm -hmm. and uh yeah to to have your mom take you out at the end of the school year that's 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 sick gosh good times man (laughs) i'm interested your angle yeah i'm interested how you're gonna approach this well actually i'm glad you brought that up because i wanted to preface this whole podcast Mm -hmm. uh or this whole episode rather yeah. Um, I believe in your first ever episode, and you've mentioned it several times since then, is that you guys have um, kind of a different approach to film criticism where you kind of don't um, do the typical like film school, film student sort of yeah. deal. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's Estevan's like whole bag right there. Yeah. Right. Cool. Well, I've got some bad news. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm bringing today. Um, yeah, because I good. think there's this... We're about to talk about the, the the new trilogy for the most part. Yeah. Right. 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 And I think there's a lot to be said about it from like a lot of different angles. Um, I'm coming in with maybe the hottest take you could have about this new trilogy. Oh, and, I'm so I, and this is my thesis. And I'm going to spend this whole episode trying to explain that Excellent. over the course of the discussion, which is I think Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi is the best of the trilogy. Yeah, okay, so no. hold on. You Now, now, that's different than me saying it's my favorite or that right. I like it. Whoa. But I think it is the best, and I will tell you why. Kinda so just like to that. be clear, because we've yeah. had, I mean, we've had hours and hours of, of discussions course. of this off air, yeah. like in years past. So you're saying you think it's the best of the new trilogy, mm-hmm. but... It's not your personal favorite of the new trilogy? Not exactly. I guess that was bad, bad phrasing. I think it's the best of the new trilogy. I still don't like it that much. Like, I personally don't love it. Right. But in terms of what I think a movie should be, which is someone trying to tell a story with their unique take on the world and, like, saying Mm -hmm. something with it. 
It's the only of those three that actually tried to do that. And the try is the important word there because I don't think it succeeds, but I have to, like, I've been thinking about it a lot in preparation for this. And I was like, no, Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, actually tried to do something different with Star Wars and tried to, like, say something with his own voice. Mm -hmm. Was it kind of a bad voice at times? Maybe, but I think it. He deserves the praise for trying. And okay. Ooh, I have. I yeah. Have I, I can't wait to hear this because <laughs> 90% of our conversations have been tearing episode eight apart. Yeah. And don't so, worry. I'll, I'll be there okay. right with you guys. Good. And good, I good, thought good. after my conversation with you off camera while yeah. we were recording UPS, I was going to have to sit here today and try and defend episode eight a little bit. Mm, but okay. it sounds like I'm not going to have to do that that much. It seems like we might be more on the same page than I thought we'd be. Well, and I think at the very least I have like, even if I don't like certain things about it, I have like, I can find positives from it. You can respect it. You can respect it. Exactly. I just got to say, before we dive into this, I'm so excited that we're finally doing this (laughs) because since you started Red Band, I was like, I remember pulling you aside and being like, we if you do a Star Wars episode, you got to have me on. And the fact that Nick's here too makes it even better. It's perfect. And- we could literally spend the entire episode talking about episode eight, which it's I true. think a lot of it is going to be. It's probably going to be. I have a lot to say but about episode But we, we do need to talk about episode nine and episode seven and just the entire new trilogy. Of course. Anyway. No, yeah, I, I think if we had to say, me and Esteban are probably more aligned in terms of our... Yeah, like sure. scope of movies and yeah. Nick and Elijah this is perfect. more we're, we're aligned arranged opposite like yeah. teams this yeah. is perfect yes I like that um, yeah. but I think we all for the most part probably have like the same right types of movies like if you look at our oh, favorite yeah. movies list it's sure. probably st- things are going to overlap things are going to overlap mm-hmm. for um, sure Dark. I, I want to start just with seven real I quick think, I think we go through the yeah, yeah of course okay so episode seven I have the opinion that it's really good. And I know a lot of people disagree and think that it's really bad. Um, And I think part of me thinking it's good could be to the fact of the memory we talked about of going and seeing all the movies. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's when I watch it, I think of that. But I've watched it multiple times after that. I saw it like, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And every time I watch it, I'm like, this movie's really good. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I think it it stands on its own. And uh, I think a lot of people don't like it because it's so similar to episode four. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. are like, it's they copy and pasted episode four. And I get that, but I also kind of see the angle that they were like, okay, it's been a while since we've done star Wars. We need to like bring it back and have it appeal to a big audience. Totally. And so I think that's why they did that. I think episode seven set up, a ton of awesome stuff with uh, with Ray, with who is Snoke, with all these things. And uh, unfortunately, they don't pan out <laughs> later on. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, watching episode seven now isn't as good because I know what happens in eight and nine. And I'm like, okay. oh. Well, that's what I was going to say is like seven. I think when it came out, I was on the same page. Yeah. I was like, dang, that was really good. It set up a whole lot of really interesting stuff, and it also just felt like a great adventure, like a Star Wars adventure right. that we had, we've known and loved for years. And then after what we learned and or didn't learn in eight and nine, in hindsight, I think it's a lot weaker. But for also, sure, it's still very fun. I think at the end of the day, like I rewatched a little bit of it in preparation, and I was like, 
Man, when those X-Wings are coming across the, the lake, like, yeah, damn, dude. that is so sick. Yeah. That will never not be That's sick. one hell of a pilot! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that stuff's awesome. And, like, there's always going to be those moments, I think, in any Star Wars movie, where even if the movie's bad, there are great moments in it yeah. that carry you through if you're willing to let him take you there. Right. For sure. Well said. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say this based on what you said. Um, I think with Episode Seven, I mean, to me, the... And looking back now, I'm kind of like, yeah, of course they made it similar to four. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the other thing I think about with that is the only reason it probably receives that criticism is because it is within the Star Wars universe. But what episode four did set the template for a lot of other fucking movies Mm, because the hero's journey, because of those particular tropes. Mm -hmm. If we're going to use that argument, then there's so many other fucking movies out there that copied and pasted what star Wars did too. That's true. So it's just because it's within that universe, but yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So Mm -hmm. I think that was totally fine for them to do that. Yeah. Right. Like I said, it like it's harder to watch it now. And like you said, because you know what happens in eight and nine. And I think some of the magic of seven was that after it came out, literally everyone was seeing it. If you went to the movies, right. 90% of the show times and of the theaters were playing that movie all yeah. day long. There was like a showing every 15 minutes. And I remember having so many conversations with you guys mm-hmm. and with um, just random people about, what's going to happen next. And it set up so many questions and so many good things that I was so excited to see. And I guess I didn't like the results from episode eight. It was almost like a Avengers infinity war type of situation where like it ends and that's all anybody's talking about. It's like, dude, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's certain movies that don't really exist as movies. They exist more as like events, Mm -hmm. right? Like infinity war and Endgame are both the same way. Like, Infinity War is definitely more of a like film itself than yeah. Endgame. Endgame is just like wrapping up. Right, War, right, right. But like, I even feel that way kind of with episode seven where it's like, it is its own movie, but it's also like, it is so aware that it is the return of Star Wars after however many years out of theaters. And it's right. like, there's just certain fan service things they have to do because right. it's Star Wars that's back. And I don't know that there's been a Star Wars movie since then where they have just let it be its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's always like we have to do this much fan service. We have to do this. Many. I think Rogue One is the closest. Yeah. To yeah. that. And the fan service they did there was actually like amazing cool and amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which I have my own gripes with that movie, but it's at least kind of on its own. It's an independent thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So cut to what year did episode seven come out? 2015. Yeah. Okay, cut to 2015. <clears throat> I, I'm filled with hope. A new hope. You I'm, have a new hope, yeah. I'm like, this is great. Star Wars is back. It's They're going to fix the mistakes from the prequels of the, the weird uh, lines and dialogue and kind of cringy things. It's going to have the action, though, from the prequels that I love. This is, this is a dream. Episode 7, did it have the crazy action from the prequels? No. But it makes sense because Rey is this random person you don't know. She's not trained. Yeah. yeah, right? She she has to learn. So you can't expect there to be an insane Anakin-Obi-Wan fight. Well, and- they, they changed the the tone of the fights, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in, in the original trilogy, it was very much like, almost like uh, uh, samurai battles mm-hmm. where it's yeah, like you're hitting slow. a couple times. And like the wildest it got was like in episode six when they're in the throne room and right. they're like jumping around and stuff. But it wasn't even that crazy. Right. 
you then go to episode one, it's like the Darth Maul fight. It's just like everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's so sick. Yeah. But then we come back to this new trilogy and it's a lot slower. It's a lot like heavier. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that battle in the snow that you were talking about. It's like, obviously it's Kylo Ren versus Finn with a lightsaber who's not a Jedi, is not trained right. at all. Right. Doesn't have, maybe has force sensitivity. We don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but they're like fighting in the snow and it's like every hit is like a weighty like smack yeah. of the swords together. Right. And uh, and that's like kind of how it went for the rest of the series. It like, is. Right. had any crazy over the top jumping like insane lightsaber battles. That's what I was not expecting, I sure. guess. From Seven, I thought this it's be like this because Kylo Ren got shot, mm-hmm. and so he can't perform at his peak. Mm-hmm. And like Chewbacca's blaster is insane. They show it earlier in the movie. Like it, it's like it hits something somebody. and it, it explodes. Yeah. So the fact that Kylo is even still able to fight is like pretty good. Tanked a, and then, a bullet. <laughs> right. And then that's what you could argue that's why Finn and uh and Ray can can kind of fight against mm-hmm. him even though they're not trained and right. don't have any experience. So then I was like, okay, maybe in episode eight, she's going to learn and the, the next fight's going to be crazier. Little did I know there was not going to be a fight. No, no fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, okay. So, <laughs> which I don't know if we want to get into eight yet. Well, I don't, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you can't talk about one without talking about the others. True. Of opinion, course. But. Were you going to say something? I, I just, I guess what I'm thinking is like, I, I really was sitting here just going like, wow. Yeah. Like I forget that that's probably my biggest like disappointment with the new ones is the lack of lightsaber fights. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's criminally underused. Yeah. I think most people agree even if they hate the prequels, because there's people that are like, the prequels suck. I'm only, right. oh, it's only about the original trilogy, which mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. But I think I would say 90% of Star Wars fans say that at least the, the fight choreography in the prequels is good. There's some people that are like, it's so unrealistic. But like I said, I think most people that I've talked to and what I see online and stuff mm-hmm. are like, yeah, I mean, no one can deny that that Darth Maul fight scene and the Anakin Obi-Wan fight scene are, the are like just the greatest yeah. ever. You Do brought it. up episode three <laughs> and episode three has to be my favorite uh-huh. for the mm. same reason that I think we're going to say that eight was good, not good, but mm-hmm. like at least interesting is just because with episode three, it's 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 darker. It's kind of nihilistic. Like I know but, yeah. and that's because four is a new hope. But to get to there, Mm -hmm. we have to have kind of a it's not a happy ending. Mm -mm, There is nothing good about that ending. And that's why it stands out, because it's like very nihilistic. It's Mm -hmm. it's the it's the undoing of everything. It's sad. It's Mm -hmm. horrific. It's dark. I think like three is also (laughs) (laughs) the young. Yeah. Yeah. Killing younglings. How about that? Damn. Yeah, Man, yeah. the amount of memes that have come out of that. Could say a lot about George Lucas. Whatever shall we do? You could say a lot about George Lucas, but he has some balls to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think I agree with you. Episode three is for sure my favorite, He's and despite it. its flaws. And uh, even when I watch it today, it's Love like it. a lot of it um is i don't want to say ruined but it's a little different watching it because of all the memes there's yeah. so yeah. many youngling memes and high ground memes but i think what what makes it stand the test of time for me personally is the fact that even though i'm kind of laughing with the memes at the end of the day when the movie's over and anakin and obi-wan are 
are talking to each other on Mustafar, I'm still like getting emotional. Yes. Despite the memes, I'm still like, I feel it like in my chest, like this is like, this is one of the greatest moments Mm -hmm. in movie history, in my opinion, in cinema. cinema. (laughs) Like it's just, it's so good. And just, it's that darker ending. And yeah, Obi-Wan takes uh, Luke and Leia to, Mm -hmm. to uh, Tatooine and, just after after Padme lost the will to live, it's not a perfect movie. It's not a perfect movie. There's that. No, there's I mean, the, I mean, it's it's going to be the case with literally all of the movies, even the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. There's right. plenty of stuff to to poke fun at, and it's like it's the poking fun at it is kind of what we love doing. Right, like, that's why the memes are so popular. Like we wouldn't meme a movie that we didn't like. Well said. You know, in some way. Like, well even said. if we'll say, oh, the movie's so dumb, the dialogue is terrible. It's like, right. yeah, but you still quote it literally every day. <laughs> right. Are, are you, yeah, there's no getting around that. So good. And 100%. it's endearing because it's kind of bad. You know? Right. Like some of those lines, I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, tell me, tell me, uh, Palpatine, tell me about the tragedy of the Flames, please. <laughs> right. I need to hear yeah. this again. <laughs> I haven't heard it enough. So here, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, isn't that the appeal of Star Wars in the first place from the beginning? I mean, they found a way to make the sci-fi B-movie into Mm -hmm. something spectacular and amazing. And it was was relatively self-aware, but still genius. So Well, and like back then, too, there was nothing quite like Star Wars. Right. Right. And like it, it basically revived the like, you were saying like B sci-fi. It revived what could be like a tier sci-fi right Mm -hmm. or maybe even invented i'm not sure what the like exact history of that sort of type of sci-fi is other than like 2001 which is definitely not the same thing no right (laughs) yeah which was the only one that was maybe a tier yeah but that was also because it was like considered an art film and star wars was considered like pulpy right campy yeah Yeah, exactly that too okay yeah so like it did a lot. It set up the hero's journey for all movies, like you said. It brought yeah. back sci-fi. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is how we talk about the, every Star Wars movie has flaws, pretty much. Yeah. I think all we would all agree. All so why is episode eight and nine, and people could argue the new trilogy, but I think eight is the, the movie that people have the most uh, arguments and division about. Easily the most. And so yeah, why most. is that such a big deal when every every single Star Wars movie has an issue. And I don't know the answer because right. I'm, I'm in that camp. I, I, okay. My <laughs> thoughts on episode eight are, I like it. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll watch it. And at the end of the day, it's a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. But when I watch it, I kind of have to turn my brain off mm. and turn off my like Star Wars area in my mind. Because if I leave it on, I get start getting real upset right. and start being like, look at how they ruined this. <laughs> look what they I did to my boy. Look what they, exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking. Look what they did look to they my, boy. my boy. <laughs> no, I, I want to, uh, I, I love what you said there about how you have to turn off the star Wars part of your brain. Cause uh-huh. that's, um, I want to talk about that at some point okay. uh, during this. Cause that's like, I think part of what makes it special is that it's, the least Star Wars of all the Star Wars movies, yeah, while yeah. also being maybe the most Star Wars in other ways. Whoa. Interesting. So I think I think there's a lot to be said about where we were when we first watched that, that maybe formed our opinion on it. Because I understand that. I understand 
if you're in, if you're going into it with your Star Wars brain, like how it's going to affect that. And I think for me, um, it was like I was sober when I watched it. And so I mm-hmm. feel like I was getting really into like nuanced philosophy, which is okay. exactly kind of what I think Star Wars presents, because I was really into the argument against the Jedi. I was really into like the idea that maybe Luke would be a little bit jaded around those topics. And so I think that's kind of why I did like it. And then the good parts of the movie, I think overpowered the bad parts of the movie at the time. Mm -hmm. But in retrospect, and after some people on YouTube with some very compelling arguments, I understand exactly what was bad about it. But I did like, I, I think for me, I did want something on the more subversive side and and that's what it does but i understand now how too much subversion can be bad at Mm. times which is i what i've heard is the argument where it's like where they're just trying to they're just trying to go to left field at every turn which isn't always Mm -hmm. the right choice well that was my initial reaction to it was like they subverted my expectations. All right. I expected a good movie. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. I, I've since come to have a little more nuanced take on it, but like at the time I was not a fan of it at all. Like right. I walked out of that theater. I saw it uh, with some friends from college and they both liked it. And I was like, did we watch the same movie? Like I walked out of it just like, man, See, and they were like, Oh, that was kind of cool. Pain. Yeah, yeah. They were just like, pain. or I was like pain. And yeah. I was still hyped up. Cause I was so ready because of the excitement from seven. Right. So I left the theater happy. Okay. I was not at all like that was sucked. I was like, that was good. I really liked it. Like Interesting. really into it. And like the friends I saw it with, we all like enjoyed it. And then what you were saying, things started coming out online, talking about it. Right. And I, I started watching those and reading about those. And I was like, is it really that bad? Right. So then I remember rewatching it and I've seen it probably five, six times. And every time I watch it, I think it gets worse. Wow. I, I, it's, it upsets me more and more. So I guess I kind of have the opposite effect. From, yeah. I mean, I like, I won't you. say that I like enjoy it more, I guess. Like, right. I, 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 respect it more sure i guess but i still yeah. don't like love watching it because i'm right. watching i'm just like this i this is not fun for me right like, there's parts of it once again i said yep. there's like parts of it that are always yeah. like carrying me through it has my single favorite moment in any star wars movie Ooh. which i think i get to i'm gonna take a crack at that what's that um the oh god what's even the 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 light speed moment dude nailed it yeah yeah because yeah. I was thinking that too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, regardless of anything, that stands out out of all of it. It's it's one of the most bold visual and sound choices they've ever made in yes. Star Wars. Like I remember distinctly that happens. The whole theater, like the the sound design goes quiet. There's yes. nothing, and you just hear people in the theater go, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> And I was like, I've never experienced that in the theater before. That's really cool. Right. And it's so visually beautiful too. But anyway, I, yeah, I could go on. So. And like, there's like Star Wars fanatics that would be like, oh, that would never happen. And it breaks the, the physics of the world. It breaks the physics yeah. of the world, et cetera. I'm not, I abide by the rule of cool. <laughs> right. Like, if it's sick, I'm down for yeah. it. There, well, there's the suspension of disbelief that you have in any movie. Right. And so depending on how into Star Wars you are, I guess depends on if you think that moment's cool or not i also agree i think that moment's 
super cool. Yeah. It, that was, every time you watch it, mm-hmm. that moment is just like, whoa. And nothing about repeated viewings takes away from it. No. Like the only thing I would say could have made it better is if the person who did it had more impact on the story because right. it was what's her name holdo uh, yeah. oh, the purple yeah. hair um, the jurassic park lady yeah well, <laughs> what's her name laura <laughs> yeah. dern yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. Jurassic park oh, yeah. 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 yeah that's laura right there. oh um, man but if it had been like a character that we knew better by that yeah. point actually respected then it would have been like a perfect moment right but that doesn't hurt more on repeated viewings yeah that's still good yeah Whereas the fight scene in the throne room <laughs> Gets much worse on repeated viewings right. because the choreography is so bad. Yeah, I never noticed that until I watched some videos about uh, that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's really unfortunate because I remember first seeing it and thinking it was the coolest so fight scene right. ever. And then, Well, because Ray and Kylo's choreography is cool. Right. Yeah. But you've got eight other people in the fight with them. Yeah. And only two of them. <laughs> You got to have a, a really strong fight yeah. choreographer uh-huh. yeah, to make that happen. And I don't know what happened. Oh, I don't know. man. Ryan Johnson. He made some uh, some interesting decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy because the more I think about it, the more I realize things that I don't really like, mm-hmm. you know. But let, like, I get, let's just let's start from the beginning. The yeah. first thing that oh, happens, no. the first subversion is that. She hands Luke the lightsaber. I'm getting anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) And he throws it. Right. It pains me. It really, you could see it. If you were in the room with me, you could see the pain in my face. Yeah. And I, in episode seven, I don't know if you remember in the fight in the snow. Yeah. When uh, Kylo defeats Finn. Right. And then he's using the force to grab the lightsaber and he can't and the lightsaber is like shaking in the snow <laughs> and when i saw it i was like it's luke i was like luke's using the force to uh, grab the lightsaber and he's gonna peer and then he didn't it was ray yeah. and that was fine sure. i was fine with that and then luke was at the end of episode seven mm-hmm. and i was like oh my gosh that's how it ends this cliffhanger yeah and i think the moment in episode eight where luke throws the lightsaber away it, it's i think it's like a perfect metaphor for ryan johnson just taking star wars and just throwing it away just throwing it so yeah i shouldn't say star wars i should say jj's work so here's here's the thing actually this is a great uh jumping off point because part of what i wanted to talk about what i wanted to bring today was the importance of the individual creators in each of these scenarios right and how that has been whittled away by <laughs> by this new approach uh, that Marvel has popularized, which is yes. the cinematic universe, the extensive, big, like high level franchise storytelling. Right. Because with Marvel, we have Kevin Feige, yeah. who is like the keeper mm-hmm. of all the Marvel story and has successfully turned this, you know, these 20 something films and however many TV shows into like an actual legible universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Star Wars, we have Kathleen Kennedy at the top who did not do that. No. Mm -hmm. J.J. Abrams, it is not entirely his fault for what happened. No. Because he set up a lot of interesting things in that first movie. There's a lot to say about J.J. Abrams and his like mystery box is what they call it, storytelling, where he just sets up a lot of things that asks more questions than he answers and doesn't seem to have really like a 
and answer in mind. Right. right. You know? Right. That means it's Kathleen Kennedy's job to have those answers, right? Right. You hand this off to Ryan Johnson, who is like an auteur filmmaker, if you will, like <laughs> very much makes his own stories, doesn't like, I think this is the first time other than Breaking Bad where he's ever like slotted into something else. Right. And he did it well in Breaking Bad. Oh, it's he like wrote the greatest directed, episode. He wrote and directed probably the best episode of Breaking Bad and one of the most interesting ones because he huh. did the Fly episode too. I, I didn't remember. know. He did the Fly him. and then he did Ozymandias, yeah, right? Yeah. He has another one that people really love too. But he was like, he's done his own thing with his own vibe for so long. And then to put him in a franchise that has a very specific vibe He's going to do something different. And apparently he had a lot of creative control on episode eight. Okay. That said, a lot of it doesn't feel like what you would expect from somebody like him, right? It feels like Disney sticking uh-huh. their fingers in the pie, yeah. which begs the question, who really made those choices? Right. Even though we've heard it was him, did he feel pressure to make those to like align with Disney? Like throwing the lightsaber felt very like silly. There's a whole mm-hmm. lot of like quippy jokes in it. Like Marvel has. Yeah. I, I think that the jokes aspect, and that's what I wanted to bring up is all Disney. And yeah. I, I hate it. And episode seven has a little bit of it too. Like an episode eight has more of it. And I think all of the jokes stuff is from Disney. And like every star Wars movie has like a little bit of funny, like quirky, fun things. But it's a different style in the new trilogy. In yeah. 7, 8, and 9, it's that Marvel kind of style, which works great with Marvel and does not work at all with well, Star Wars. It's, it's like Marvel exists in the real world, right? Yeah. It's, right? There's a lot. It's like a bunch of fantastical stuff placed on top of the real world, whereas Star Wars exists long time ago in a galaxy far, yeah. far away, right? right? And to me, it felt like in 7, 8, and 9, especially 8 and 9, it was almost like the whole movie was winking at you the yes. entire time. Where it's like, that's not a joke that I think someone in that world would say in mm-hmm. that way. Right. But you know I'm watching it, so you're going to say it anyway. Like there's one, I, ju- I just saw it in episode 8 where uh, Ray and Luke are talking when he's like, why are you here? Where are you from? And she's like, I'm from nowhere. He's like, no one is from nowhere. She's like, I'm from Jakku. He's like, okay, well, that is nowhere. It's like, yeah, it's gosh. like not even a bad joke in another context, right. but from Luke Skywalker in this pivotal movie, yeah. in that setting where he's like, who are you, you strange force sensitive creature? Right. Creature, sorry. That's like a joke they'd make <laughs> in like a, like a Seth Rogen movie or something. Like they don't need that yeah. in Star Wars. <laughs> or like any Marvel movie I could totally see like... Iron Man telling right. like uh, when he first meets Spider-Man, like, where are you from? Let's say he wasn't from Queens, but right. he's from like Wyoming or something. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. That is nowhere. And that joke totally works, but not that. from Luke Skywalker, but not from not Luke Skywalker, Skywalker in Star Wars. And then episode eight, I think has some of the worst moments of that from, uh, I don't know if you remember, there's a, a Yo Mama joke at the beginning. It's yeah. not Yo Mama, but it's when oh. uh, they're talking to, uh, to what's Hux. his name? To Hux. Yeah. And <gasps> Poe is talking to him through the intercom. Yeah. And I, think, I don't remember what the joke is. I don't remember I, I what the joke is either. But, but like, Poe is like messing with him. And he's like, your mother. And Hux is like, Hux in episode eight. Okay. Hux in episode seven is this guy that's like 
kind of scary. He's like kind of like this Hitler. He's Hitler. Yeah. Guys. He's Hitler. And in episode eight, literally from the beginning, he turns into the Disney villain sidekick. He turns into the like LeFou of Beauty and the Beast, mm. where he's like this funny little like <laughs> haha, wacky guy that's like trying to be this bad guy, mm-hmm. but always fails. And it's that is 100 percent Disney. And so I think all the comedy errors are from Disney. But I think there are some Ryan Johnson decisions that did not work, mm. which, for example, I, I hate what they did with Snoke. I, I hate that they got rid of him. And, and that's something that people have mixed well, reviews about. So I think like what I was saying earlier about like the individual's like creativity being like like driving that. Right. Yeah. Like I really think. Ryan Johns, because we, I, like I said, we've, he's been slotted into Breaking Bad and we've seen him write some of the best TV that's ever been made. Right. 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 So why couldn't he do that for a franchise he grew up with and loved? Mm. Right. And my theory for that is that he was handed nothing. Mm. Like they set up a bunch of stuff and I yeah. really don't think they had answers for it. So then Ryan Johnson's like, I guess I got to go somewhere with this. Right. And there's no guidance from JJ or from Kathleen Kennedy. They originally right. didn't even, JJ wasn't originally supposed to direct nine. Right. It was originally supposed to be somebody else. It was, it was a uh, Colin Trevorrow from uh, Jurassic world. Right. And so like he had to step back in, I think because that guy left because of differences with or creative differences with Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think Ryan Johnson also, had like no plan and just decided to stick it out and make something anyway. And you're, I totally agree. Like what he did with Snoke, not great. <laughs> uh, what he did with a lot of stuff with Leia, the, the, the with Mary Leia, Poppins moment. Mary Poppins, I think, I don't think that's one of the Disney. worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like just terrible, like comes out of nowhere, makes no sense. Right. And is not really addressed ever again. Right. Uh, and then I guess it kind of is, but we'll get there. And then, um, also, like the stuff he did with Ray, I was like, oh, this is awesome. We're, we're subverting expectations. She's nobody. Right. Uh-huh. That's so cool. We right. have all we've had this like lineage of Jedi for years that have always been like somebody. defining it. Yeah, it's always a, somebody. It's a family story. And then I was like, oh, cool. We just have a nobody who has power. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Right. And then we come back after Ryan leaves and we're like, no, just kidding. Just kidding. She's somebody. She's somebody really important. We insist. Well, this is where we get into the conversation of eight being kind of good because of sure. that type of thing, especially the Ray thing. And Ryan Johnson doing something super interesting with what he was given, which mm-hmm. is not a lot. Which is not much. I really do believe J.J. Abrams did not know the answers to his own questions. Right. I really do believe they said, you decide to Ryan Johnson. And he said, oh, are you sure? Okay. And they were like, mm-hmm. yeah. And he was like, all right. Like, this is what I'm going to do then, mm-hmm. you know. And so especially the Ray thing, that was probably my favorite thing when I first saw it from mm-hmm. eight was nobody which I thought was important. And I thought if they were trying to go into this thing, because obviously there's an empowering women aspect, that's awesome. It also seems like maybe they were going into an empowering, like an empowering, you know, letting you relate to her. Like, oh, to like, Ray, you're saying? Yeah, to yeah. Ray, where yeah. it's like, oh, I as the viewer don't necessarily come from any sort of prominence, but maybe mm-hmm. I can be special too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. I thought that was probably a pretty good decision. What's the most relatable 
way to have a character like that. Like right. not every, like the majority of people are not born into a family of importance. Right. Right. We literally don't know who her parents are. She's an orphan on a desert planet in the middle of nowhere. What better way to get people who aren't in this universe and in this world attached to a character than just yes. make them nobody. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Luke Skywalker, it's a classic, you know, he comes from a, you know, a, a lineage of dark past, you know, and he's mm-hmm. got to atone for that, even though he's not the, the evil one. Right. Well, that's what happens with the majority of shows. And that's usually why I don't get into shows. Like I watch way more movies than TV shows because the first season of a show is usually pretty strong yeah. because it's someone that's like put everything into it and they've written this thing and it's pretty good and then it's successful. And so then the studio is like, okay, we need you to make season two and it needs to be done by this date. And so then you got to write stuff quick. And I think eventually you get burnt out. But when a studio is offering you a ton of money to make a new thing, you're not going to say. Well, I think, I think I'm actually going to offer a counter to that, which Ooh, is okay. that I don't think that's the case for shows as much. Really? And I, because shows have writer's rooms and there are, it's not just one person getting burned out. A lot of shows, you're right, their first season mm-hmm. can be very good because it's what hooks people in. But like, in my opinion, most shows find their stride in like their second or third season. Like, especially with comedies where the characters that's what are I was gonna say. Like getting there. But even with dramas, like like Breaking Bad, we've mentioned that a little bit. True. Like Breaking Bad, the first season, really, really good. But that show doesn't reach its peak until like season four. Right. You know? And, and it's over. And then it's over. Yeah. And then it's pretty much over. But like, you know, same thing with like Game of Thrones and like... um I don't know what else recently. Well, Game of out. Thrones, the ending's like really bad, right? That's, yeah. But that's a whole different thing. That, yeah, 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 that's yeah, not yeah, this yeah. podcast. <laughs> that's not this episode. But uh, no, I mean, I, I think that's, with movies though, you're totally right. Like yeah. you're given so much time to build the first installment and then you're kind of rushed right. to get stuff done. And especially if you don't have like guidance from above, if it's a franchise, mm-hmm. it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, I think like, yes, I blame Ryan Johnson for episode eight and for the things I don't like, mm-hmm. but I also, I think even bigger, like if I had to pick one person to blame, it's Disney. And yeah. the fact that they came out and said that they didn't write all the trilogy together, that it was just, okay, we write seven, mm-hmm. we see how it does. And then we go from there. Right. And that's doing that and handing it off to these different writers and directors. That's like insane. Like I remember in college, in my writing class, we would do like an experiment where like we would write a line of a script or like a few lines and then you'd hand it to the person on your left <laughs> and then they would write a few lines and then it would be this unique thing, mm. which episode eight is, but it's like, it's odd because you're getting input from all these different voices. And I think mm. that's what happened with this trilogy. I think they should have picked one writer and one director or, I mean, they could have had different directors, but I think they should have had one writer for the whole trilogy yeah. or a group of writers that sat down and wrote the whole thing and from the beginning knew how everything was going to end. Yeah. And it, it so didn't happen. It's interesting you bring that up. Ooh. Because I have a bit of information. Real okay. quick though, before we get too far yes. away, I do yeah. want to piggyback off your counterpoint, yeah. but bring up a point with your point about television mm-hmm. and the show that's most notorious for the point you were trying to make yeah. is Lost. Which is J.J. Abrams, Abrams' original yep. wow. joint. So, J, unfortunately, J.J. Abrams is notorious for setting up a bunch of shit and not knowing where to go with it. Yeah. yeah. I just kind of want to bring that in there, too. For yeah. sure. 
Yeah. Um, so you mentioned bringing different writers and directors in, right? Right. Did you know? Ooh. Uh-oh. Trivia. For the original trilogy, George Lucas only wrote and directed A New Hope. That's insane. Which I did, is why. I, I knew good. he only directed it. I didn't know he... he wrote, I thought he, he wrote, wrote that one as well. He has okay. story by credits for the other two, obviously, because it's like his creation. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But the other two movies were not directed by him, nor, yeah. nor uh, written. I guess the screenplay for... Uh, Return of the Jedi was partially written by him. Right. Um, Irvin Kirshner directed Empire Strikes Back and Richard Marquand did Return of the Jedi. I knew it was different directors, but I thought that it was all... I thought George Lucas had everything written for the most part, but I guess I'm wrong. Well, and, and do you know the story about the edit of A New Hope? Uh-uh. Where that movie was a mess uh-huh. and his wife, who's the editor, stepped in and basically fixed it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She became like... It's I, I there's people claiming like she didn't just fix it like it was a more collaborative process right. but like a lot of it was like yeah George was just kind of like not he didn't know when to cut things and she had to step in and be like that shit that's bad get rid of it so there's like wow. deleted scenes from a new hope that you can find that are like yeah they don't do anything but he was like yeah. we need that <laughs> <laughs> then you give him the original trilogy or the new trilogy sorry the, the prequels and it's all written and directed by him mm-hmm. all the yes men around him like well, that's, that's the thing, right? Yeah, like, that's what. Why is Empire Strikes Back the greatest Star Wars movie ever? Yeah, unfortunately, because it was written and directed by a different person. He's an right. amazing ideas guy. Like yeah, his world building right. is insane. He's so creative. He just doesn't have like a great grasp of like story, almost. right? Which is sad because he wrote and directed and created one of the strongest stories in our film catalog. Right. You know? He's. Very talented. Needless yeah. to say, George Lucas is very talented. He gets shit on way more than he deserves to. Yeah. But we can also be realistic about like <laughs> he's not perfect. He makes mistakes right. and like he gets in his own way a lot of the time and he's way too comfortable having total creative power. Sure. Without collaboration. The and obviously we don't know how much input he had in episode five and six. I'm I'm sure he was I mean he was there. He's a story by credit, he's a producer. Right. Yeah. And so actually I don't know if I, I still think that episode eight and nine, the fact that they switched writers and directors and didn't the main important thing I want to stress is they didn't have a plan from yeah. the beginning mm-hmm. is just like it's mind blowing to well, me. That's it, a whole I don't know if we want to dive into episode <laughs> nine yet. Well, but, I before we do, yeah. I, I wanted to bring up some things I noticed about episode eight while okay. I was rewatching. Because I knew this was gonna episode yes. eight's gonna be the one we Come on, yeah. last, right? Come on, yeah. Now. Um so I I was trying to think about it because I'm like, okay, you mentioned you have to turn off the Star Wars part of your brain. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. You have to watch it just like a normal movie. You can't go into it just expecting a Star Wars movie. It's right. something different for better or worse, you know? Sure. It's, it's just, it's, it's something different. And I noticed there's this theme that... I'm going to bring in themes, guys. Love wow. themes. Themes We're are my favorite cinema. thing. That's where I'm a film. I yeah. love a good theme. Yeah, yes. and that's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> um, so there's this thing I noticed where there are a bunch of moments in that movie where a character decides to do something and then changes their mind, but the thing they originally decided to do happens anyway. Huh. So examples. That's interesting. Kylo, they're flying at the capital ship. He's about to blow up Princess Leia, mm-hmm. right? He's about to blow up his mother. Right. Doesn't pull the trigger. TIE fighters fly past him and blow it up anyway. Hmm. Oh. Okay. Luke goes to, thinks Kylo is, is being lured to the dark side by Snoke. 
goes to potentially kill him, doesn't, but then Kylo still thinks he did and, you know, destroys the new Jedi Order. That yes. Right. Built. Yes. Luke goes to burn the sacred texts. Mm. <laughs> the sacred the text. texts. The sacred he text. goes, he goes to destroy it and to burn them and then stops, doesn't do it. Then Yoda shows up and does it anyway. Wow. Think about this. Finn makes the decision to fly his <laughs> oh, suicide we'll mission. Get to that. We'll get to that. His suicide mission. He makes this decision to do this thing. And even though he could have said no and not gonna done it, he decides to do it and then he gets pulled away from it. And the original plan of wow. not doing that, he, yeah, like I, that one's a little that, more off yeah. the chart. But um, that's so insane though. So it's like, I never it's a, realized It's that. a really, I'm trying to figure out how to like interpret that because it happens enough times that it feels like something, it's well, either just really, really bad writing where like, <laughs> The things you, the decisions your characters are making don't matter, mm-hmm. or there's a reason for that to be there. And the, the reason, or like the fact that they don't matter, their decisions don't matter, mm-hmm. is thematically relevant. Yeah. So I'm curious on y'all's take on that. And I know it's like not fresh wow. in your minds as much, but. I mean, I would argue that it's bad writing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and the reason I say that is because I think in any movie, your characters are so important. And the decisions they make are so important. And mm-hmm. you look at the original trilogy and every decision that Luke makes is like just vital from leaving his aunt and uncles to uh, deciding he's ready to, to go fight Vader, even though he's not. Mm-hmm. And the consequences that that has. And if you give characters decisions that they make, but it doesn't matter because something else happens anyway. Right. And that happens more than once in the movie. I feel like you have a problem because then it's who like, it doesn't matter. Like the the character's decisions don't matter. Well, and that's what I was thinking was like, I, I felt that with like, especially the, um, uh, which one was it? Especially with Kylo deciding not to blow up his mother. Yeah. Previous movie. The, the climactic moment of that movie is Kylo Ren killing Han Solo. Right. right? Kills Spoiler alert. Just kidding. Well, <laughs> Everyone's um, seen it. Yeah, we're I'm far kidding. beyond yeah, yeah, spoilers yeah. at this point. Um, he kills his father and it's it's a big moment for his character. It's a big moment for the world, for all the other characters around. Right. And it's a decisive thing. He, he says to Snoke later, he didn't hesitate. And it's like, he kind of didn't. Like he talks right. to him for a moment, but he right. does it. Right. He does it and... I guess he does say something to Han on the, they on like, the bridge, right? He's they don't like, hug, but they're like, yeah, I can't, he says something poignant, um, uh-huh. like help me take this pain away. Or oh no. Like well, that. he says, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength. To yeah. Do it. Yeah. 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 That's Can you help me? Yeah. And so you're thinking, okay, like, is he talking about like coming back and being on the light side again? Mm-hmm. But then obviously it's not because he kills right. his dad. Which is insane. Right. And then the next movie we start, like one of the first moments is with him about to shoot Leia and mm-hmm. kill her. And he decides not to. He doesn't pull the right. trigger. And there's a moment where they like sense each other because she's force sensitive. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and there's a moment and then it's like quiet. And then the two ships right. fly past and blow it up anyway. Right. It's like. Okay, well, like, so why, why, why <laughs> give us that moment if it's going to be ripped away from us anyway? Like, right. I get it. It's dramatic. 
Like, and I get it happening once or twice in a movie because, like mm-hmm. you said, it is dramatic and it's like there's some things that are inevitable. Mm-hmm. But all of those examples you brought up, that like blows my mind that it yeah. happens that many times. But do you think it's possible that it's not that there's a reason for it to happen that many times? Because like, hmm. what's the saying? It's like once is a mistake, twice is a uh, pattern or something like that. Something. Yeah. I don't know. But like. I, I would say it's possible, but off the top of my head, I can't think of why they would. Well, that's that's that. and that's why I was like, open it up, right? Like, yeah. see if you guys had a take on it, because it's like, in my head, it's like they are hesitating to commit an action that they will regret, right? Right. Luke burning the sacred text, Luke uh-huh. killing Kylo, Kylo killing Leia, and they decide against it. Like their free will is like with their free will, they change their mind. And then they're almost punished for having the original thought in the first place. Yeah. Right? And my take, if you want to get like real philosophical is like, what are the Jedi represent? The Jedi represent good in the face of temptation right. from the dark side. Mm-hmm. Right. And you are, your will to resist the temptation of the dark side is existing as a Jedi. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause everyone's tempted by it. Right. And so because Luke wanted to destroy the Jedi Order, that will to like resist, I guess, the the dark side or, or um, you know, your own personal temptations, he also wants that will to disappear. Mm. Yeah. Like with the Jedi Order, that free will also disappears. So things are just going to happen no matter what. Yes. I don't know. I'm just throwing Weird. things out there. Cause like I had to try to rationalize this. Cause I was like, yeah. why is that happening so much? Ryan Johnson's not an idiot. No, he I... writes themes, you know? Weird. I don't know. I, I mean, I think with characters and I believe you're the one that brought this up years, a couple of years ago when we were, we've had this conversation so many no, times about episode yeah. eight. Um, the episode eight feels like Ryan Johnson is like a little kid playing with action figures <laughs> and he's like it, it's like you're watching that movie of like he has the action figures and oh blah 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 this and there's a little fight and then oh my gosh these tie fighters come in and <laughs> there's an explosion and like he can do whatever he wants and when you're a kid and you're playing things don't have to make sense yeah it's just like you're doing what looks cool mm. and what's whatever you feel in that moment and i think that's like really what episode eight feels like dude. it's odd and like that's that's my dude there's just so many things in episode eight that don't make sense there's so many things which brings me to my most hated moment yeah in star wars history and this is the the thing that you brought up i'd love if you explained it and that's with finn at the end of episode eight this is nobody nobody notices this and you're probably gonna think i'm gonna talk about the kiss and that's not not the maybe not that (laughs) per se i mean that sucked oh that's a whole nother issue but this this moment is just so mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. that, and it's something I didn't realize, and you probably haven't realized it either as the listener, but go back and watch this scene and tell me I'm wrong. Go ahead, Nick, you you brought this to my attention. Well, so. unfortunately, I actually do have to tell you that you're wrong because I, <gasps> I just rewatched no! it. So we have this thing where basically the the end, the climax, climactic battle of episode eight, they all take these like old rusty speeders and they like mm-hmm. just start driving at the ATAT yeah. walkers, right? Like, yeah. cool. That I mean, great. It's visually stunning. Yeah. Oh, actually. visually, it's amazing. Which the whole movie is visually yeah. really cool. But um, I like they don't really attack. 
the whole time. Like they're just like charging at them for no reason, <laughs> seemingly no reason other than to just distract them. Right. Sure. And I, we had talked about it and uh, Matt and I had thought they didn't even have guns on their speeders. They do. They do? Actually, yes. And they okay. do fire them a couple of times, but it's never like focused on. They're never targeting something. It's just like <sighs> the people in the background firing at them. Okay. Mm-hmm. It but, must be rare because like, I remember we had this discussion and you yeah. told me that. You were like, what is their plan? I distinctly remember you saying, what is, what is their, their plan? plan? And yeah. I was like, well, they're, they're going to like shoot them and like go take them out. And you're like, there's no guns. And yeah. I went back and watched it. Yeah. Not recently, but when we had this conversation and I remember not seeing anything well, and being like oh my gosh what is their plan like they're just suicide bombing the this well, thing I, and they're all going it's not just one person like what like yeah. what and i think i think the fact that we thought that and then you rewatched it and still couldn't find it tells you that there's a problem there because <laughs> like, yeah, 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 even yeah, though they yeah. are shooting you can't tell like they're, it's not focused on it's not a part of the battle okay it's just like set dressing gotcha almost you know what i mean um, but the moment we we really need to talk about is Uh-oh. Finn rushing at the like siege cannon, right? Yes. yes. So he he decides they they all have to break off. Poe calls for them to break off and retreat, right? And Finn's like, "Nope, I'm going. I'm just gonna charge into the middle of this cannon and you know sacrifice myself to save the base to let everybody else escape, right?" He keeps going forward. Every single other person in the squadron turns around. He is going full speed at this siege cannon right before he gets there. Everyone's favorite character, Rose Tico, uh, zooms in, crashes into his ship. They both somehow survive. Almost kills him anyway. He goes to her in bewilderment and says, why did you do this? Why? And she says, my favorite line in all of Star Wars. She says, that's how we win. Not by killing the things we hate, but by saving the things we love. Mm. I think it's cl- it's close to that. If it's not that verbatim. But, um, and then she kisses him, and he is so confused. <laughs> it's the most awkward. Yes, <laughs> he has to go take care of her. It's like, dude. And then it's a mess of a moment. And then there. I mean, this scene is long, where they're all driving towards the the yes. cannon, yes. right? Very long. It's like what? It's 10, like 15 five, minutes. Five, 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then after the awkward kiss, they just like come back to he the base. He drags her like, on a piece of metal all the way back to the base that they've been riding in a speeder away from for like five minutes in movie. Right. All right. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, and they don't show him dragging her the whole way. They show obviously, him they show once he there. gets there. Right. Because yeah. we'd be there for two hours watching him drag her. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there's so, no way. And that, that's like part of the brain. That's not the Star Wars side of the brain, just the logic part that I'm like, you have to ignore it and you kind of just have to watch it for the spectacle that it is because like, obviously the rest of Star Wars is both. You have the spectacle and you have things that make sense. And I, earlier I mentioned suspension of disbelief, which if you don't know, it's like, obviously in a movie, there's things that happen that uh, in most movies that, that they can't happen in real life. Yeah. And depending on what the movie is, yeah. there's more fantastical things versus less. If you're watching a drama, everything's going to be realistic for the most part. Right. If you're watching Star Wars, obviously lightsabers don't exist the way they do in the movie and blasters and these ships and yeah. the force, all that. So you go in 
knowing that that doesn't exist, but you're like, okay, I'm going to ride along with it. I'm going to buy into that. I'm going to buy into it. But then you have logic stuff like what I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. Finn dragging uh, Rose like three miles back to the base in a matter of seconds. I think it it comes down to like, if if your movie sets up a reason to break those logic moments, then it's fine. We just take those for granted. We don't even think about them. Right. But when we've established that like in the Star Wars universe, you still have to move according to the laws of physics. Right. And there's no like teleportation. It's like right. you have to go. You have to like actively move, whether that's yourself walking or in a speeder or light speed jumping, like whatever. You have to go there. You can't just like. I'm going to agree with your your theme question because talking about this final battle brings up for me what I think might make this a theme Mm -hmm. the idea of kind of second guessing yourself and it happens anyways but maybe the way to look at it is is the theme is kind of just second guessing yourself um or maybe the way to look at it is in most of the 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 movie people second guess themselves and the thing happens anyways Mm -hmm. i think the whole movie is about luke second guessing himself and also kind of i guess what i'm trying to say is the whole thing is that luke doesn't want to be involved luke makes a decision to not be involved and then becomes involved at the end Mm -hmm. and i kind of think that maybe is what makes it potentially the the resolution of that theme is is within luke's actions where like his second guessing he finally is able to actually help Something like that. Okay. I think Maybe so. I see it. But we talked about Lost. And, and I'm yeah. going to kind of, I want to do a almost like a meta psychology of screenwriting. Ooh. Where you have to take into account what the person who's writing the thing is potentially going through that is informing the themes that are happening. Because totally. the one of the most interesting critiques I saw about this was about Lost. When the writer writing room a lost felt like they were backed into a corner, that was when I guess in the show they were writing something about people being trapped kind of in these cells, right? Or in these in these cages. And that was kind of like a metapsychology of the writers and how they felt in their situation. They kind of felt trapped in cages. Mm-hmm. So I think this whole thing about second guessing yourself could potentially be Ryan Johnson kind of informing that theme with his own second guessing of himself based on his own predicament. Oh, very Not knowing like, well, shit, I kind of want to do this, but I don't know. I kind of want to do this, but I don't know. Yeah. I kind of want to do this, but Disney says maybe not, but maybe yes. But you know, and, and, and there's, if the whole theme is almost like uncertainty, then -hmm. there's plenty of uncertainty. I think when Ryan Johnson's writing this movie, that he is you have to take into account him putting that into the script whether he knows it or not i was gonna say he could have done that subconsciously because he like wanted more likely yeah exactly the unconscious portion of that absolutely yeah Yeah. yes and and like he he's a film fan yes like he talks often about his influences and he talked about how he grew up with star wars and he loves star wars Mm -hmm. so he didn't set out to like destroy what he loved right. right and in fact maybe that's what he's having rose say 
It's like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not about destroying the things we hate. It's about saving the things we love. Oh, so I don't know. It's like, I think, I think you bring up a really interesting point that, you know, every writer, their work is informed by their experience and their, you know, current mindset when they were writing it. Absolutely. And in a lot of ways, you just can't know when you are that person and you are the one writing it. And even from an outsider at the moment that it's created, you can't tell until you have some hindsight. Mm. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I think uh, the biggest critique of episode eight that everyone talks about and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's what they did with Luke and his character. I feel like everybody has an opinion on it, even if you don't go into the details of, oh, the casino planet was bad and, oh, Dude. this was bad and that was bad. Because, man, the casino planet's bad. But anyway, I watched a four-minute recap of the movie just to, like, refresh yeah. my brain. They literally were like, uh, Finn and Rose go to the casino Canto Bite. They meet with the hacker, JD, or whatever his name is, uh-huh. DJ. And then that's all they mentioned because <laughs> that whole plan is just so insignificant. It's so bad. So but uh, <laughs> but I think everybody, despite all the flaws, because I could literally go on and on and on about everything wrong with eight. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing people talk about is what they did with Luke. And it mm-hmm. starts from him throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I can't stand what they did with Luke. And I know he can't stand what they, they did with him because uh, in terms of the actor, uh, Mark Hamill, you've seen him in interviews and you can tell he's, he's come like, around. He's come so around. Has he really? Basically he didn't like it when he first read it. Is that, oh, is that as I understand it, I could be wrong, but okay. I, he didn't like it when he first read it cause he didn't get it. Uh-huh. And then as he played it and as Ryan, he talked with Ryan Johnson, he understood it. Okay. So obviously he's the actor and he understands the role of the actors to right. play, not to like of course. have an opinion, but like, you know, it was not a just, I hate this. I'm doing it because of the money thing. You right. Know, sort of deal. Not to say you were saying. No, that, no. Yeah. I just, I still just don't like what they did with his character. Mm. I, it, he's, he's this grumpy old man, which like you could argue, yes, he's, he is older and it makes sense with the history of what happened with Kylo and, and all this is why he's acting like this. But you throw in the grumpy old man with those Disney sprinkled Marvel jokes mm. And he becomes this unlikable, like, character to watch, in my opinion. What are, what are you guys' thoughts, Elijah Esteban? Okay. I'm going to argue in favor of okay. what they did with Luke's character. Besides and this is why Marvel I wanted jokes. to talk about it. Because yes. I was like, we're probably going to have different <laughs> arguments. Besides the Marvel jokes. Okay. This is my take on it. Okay. All right. Luke is an incredibly traumatized individual. Definitely. His mother died the moment he came out of the womb. He was separated from his twin. His father is evil, yet he doesn't know that. He grows up thinking that, well, no, he knows that he was not brought up by, he knows he's an orphan, essentially. Mm -hmm. But the people he knows who is on an uncle burn up. They fucking (laughs) die. (laughs) Argument for trauma right there. Agreed. Argument for more trauma, right? Not only that, but very in a very campy way, he is looking at their burnt up dead bodies. (laughs) What is the status of your aunt and uncle? All burned up. (laughs) They are crispy. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a lot. Then he finds out the most evil man in the world is his dad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then he watches his dad die after his dad comes back around. But what does he find? He finds a wonderful spiritual philosophy in the Mm -hmm. Jedi code, the Jedi order and the Mm -hmm. Jedi spiritual philosophy and religion that really brings him a lot of hope. Okay. Obviously that's the whole thing about hope. I think this can, 
I think what they were doing in the movie was a, obviously a critique of the Jedi Order in and of itself. So that would mean that the Jedi religion or philosophy spiritually could be seen as flawed. It's still dogmatic in a way because they're still light and dark. That's why I like mm-hmm. the gray Jedis because the gray Jedis yeah. don't view things dogmatically. They don't think good, bad, light, dark. They mm-hmm. think you need a little bit of both. So I think what Luke found at the end of Return of the Jedi was obviously some some bliss in the spiritual philosophy of the Jedi. But I think at the end of the day, the whole problem with the Jedi is that there was a, a, an oversight there based on their own spiritual philosophy and their own religion. So couple on to that, that he tries to revive that code. Mm-hmm. He realizes the inevitability of the balance of the force, which means that every time you try to create good, there's going to be bad. So even that, that that just takes away his whole spiritual philosophy. He real, I think mm-hmm. he realizes his spiritual philosophy is flawed and incapable of working out. Mm-hmm. I also think that the to the trauma aspect, you can't just spiritually bypass all the fucked up shit that's ever happened to you in your life. You can't just sprinkle spirituality sure. over it yeah. and and expect it to be okay. So yeah. I think that's something that happens where after all of that, he's just kind of like, fuck this shit, dude. Yeah. I am fucking yeah. sick of this shit ever yeah. since the moment I was born. It's just been yeah. bullshit. And so that's kind of where I understand it. Sure. Well, and like, okay, he, the 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 reason he ends up in this specific scenario where he's like exiled himself and tried to eliminate the Jedi from existence is specifically because of what happened with Kylo Ren. Right. Mm-hmm. Like his best friend's son, he started to train him. He was lured to the dark side by this other evil guy and Luke fucked up and tried to stop it in the worst way possible. Right. Realized that he was wrong mm-hmm. and then decided, you know what, this shouldn't be around anymore. Like this is just causing too much destruction and damage. And I just right. trained the next supreme, you know, Hitler basically right. of the yeah. world <laughs> in trying to pursue good. I trained the most evil person on the planet, mm-hmm. right? In Kylo Ren, thinking he's still evil. Right. Um, Ray, on the other hand, still has the hope that she can, you know, turn sure. her, essentially. Um, and I get why he ended up there as like. Exiled himself, mm-hmm. has lost all hope. That's a big theme. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine right. that, a big theme in this in the series that started with a movie called A New Hope is about <laughs> hope. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes it gets a little cheesy with Leia talking about it. Where she's like, the galaxy's lost hope. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Yeah, maybe because they... <laughs> The, the new what's it called the first order the first order yeah. just blew oh, up Jesus. the seven capital planets of the new republic <laughs> last movie that we don't talk about right that yeah Genocide. yeah uh, it, i'm getting too much into like the minutia like the specific <laughs> things but like broadly speaking i i actually like what they do you like what, okay yeah. i guess my problem with it because i i think what you guys said especially elijah what you're saying of his traumatic past and all that it makes sense as to why he is like that the thing that doesn't make sense to me, and this is why I argue against it, is that he is, despite all his trauma in the past, he's all about 
hope. Like sure. you're saying, hope. It's sure. all, Star Wars is all about hope, 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 hope. Yeah. And that's literally who Luke's character is in the original trilogy. It's like he is hope. And no matter what happens, no matter how down he gets and how much he fails and gets his arm cut off, he still has hope. And he has down moments and then he still he gets back up and he he continues. Right. And that's his character. And so I I guess it's it's weird for me to think about the fact that he's gone through all those hardships that you talked about, which is true and continued. But then when he was like, "Uh oh, I'm training Kylo Ren and I'm creating this new thing, guy that could be the next Sith Lord. He's like, "Okay, I'm done. I quit. And and I like I get it and I get how people argue for it. But uh, I, I just think it's it's like I'm watching a different character almost mm-hmm. in episode eight which it, it, it's it's like jarring i don't know and if you ask like the younger generation who grew up watching this new trilogy and you say what do you think of luke skywalker they're like oh he's this grumpy old man they don't say oh he's he's hopeful yeah. like it, but, it's weird but okay it's but that, this, this brings in another problem with i think like long-running franchises right Is sure that- you can't expect a franchise to be the same thing for every age of people that watches it. Yeah. Like Star Wars is probably the best example because we've had like the baby boomer generation that came up with like the originals. Right. We had us that came up with the prequels and now we have younger kids who came up with this new trilogy. We're all going to have totally different takes on it. Mm -hmm. I'll bet you our takes on things that happened in the original trilogy are different than the way people perceived them then. For sure. And like, there's no way to progress a story while maintaining everything we knew about the original. Because if we just kept Luke the same way, it wouldn't be very interesting. He would just be like Luke, you know, mm-hmm. we have that with Han. We have that with Leia. They're really not that different. Yeah. Same right. with, I mean, Chewbacca, who knows? What he <laughs> like, you know, uh, or like, you know, it just feels like part of the problem for me with the whole, this whole trilogy is like that, like I said, the winking to the audience yeah. thing of like, we know you're watching Star Wars. <laughs> and with, with Luke, it was like the only one where I felt like what is more interesting than taking the most hopeful character and stripping him of his hope. Right. That's, sure. that is quality. That's quality, like at least trying. I don't think yeah. it worked entirely. Okay. Right. Like I'm not going to here, stand here and say like everything they did with him was successful. Yeah. But it was like Ryan Johnson saying, okay, what's the thing we do the most in this franchise? We hope, right? Right. Who's the most hopeful? Luke Skywalker. Let's take it from him. Let's right. see what happens. And I think it, it could have been really, really interesting. I think it works at times and it doesn't work at other times, partially because of like the moment to moment stuff that yeah, we've already talked about. I think about, it's but. it's the moment to moment stuff and just the, the reasoning. Like you don't find out that what happened with Kylo Ren happened when Luke was trying to train him until like the end of the movie. midway or like three fourths of the way into the movie. I don't remember yeah. exactly when it is when there's like that flashback scene. Yeah. So before then, you're just watching him like be grumpy and you're like who am i watching but like, isn't that what, isn't that interesting though it's interesting but it's like everything that's interesting isn't good i don't think and i think that's the whole thing with mm-hmm. episode eight every interesting take and every risk that ryan johnson did mm-hmm. i mean good for him that he he tried to yeah. take interesting and different takes and risks but that doesn't mean that it's always good something that's interesting isn't always good no but is it better 
to take that risk than it is to play it safe. I think there's a middle ground. Okay. I, I don't believe that you should play it completely safe, which I think people's argument is against episode seven. Right. That is that they played it too safe. They just stuck to episode four. Right. But if you go too far off the deep end, yeah, it could pay off that we've seen instances in other movies where Mm -hmm. people take risks and it's like, wow, that was awesome. But when you have something as, as uh, with as big of a fan base and as huge as star Wars, the risk factor becomes even greater. And in my opinion, in this case, it didn't pay off sure. at all. It was, it was, it's odd. And every time I watch it, like I said, it's like, I hate it more. I hate his character more. I hate the decisions Ryan Johnson did more. That's killing of Snoke. There were so many cool theories after seven of like, who is this guy? And he's a kid and- who survived Anakin's youngling slaughter <laughs> even that even dude that even that's that more interesting than just like <laughs> killing him and then in episode nine it's like oh he's a some weird clone type of thing that palpatine's control and that's a whole nother right the whole yeah. nother issue i'm gonna argue for good writing on some of your arguments sure. only because of this and we can we can agree to disagree no of course of course, yeah. of course. but my, i think my thing is for for it's good writing for what it's trying to do um, and the, the, I think, well, I lost my first thought, but we're going to talk about Snoke mm. for a second. The whole theme of this movie was to let go of the tropes. And so mm. Snoke being another trope, killing him, that was the whole thing. Kill the past. Like kill your, the like trope. Your past. Kill it if you have to. If you have to. Okay. Right. Which is, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But it was like, kill kill the trope. Kill the Jedi. Kill the Sith. Rule of two. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, kill yeah. all those things that, because this is a new generation of heroes and villains. And, and I think they wanted to go into the gray areas, mm-hmm. which would have been, you know, maybe, just maybe, uh ray and kylo kind of coming together in the gray um but i'm gonna argue for good writing for luke only because luke is a main character of the star wars series and so bringing him back into the movies and making him a character who needs to have conflict Mm -hmm. and who needs to have an arc and so his arc couldn't be from hope to hope Mm -hmm. i think he ends with hope Oh, for sure. Yeah. He ends ends by inspiring hope. Right. You know, at the end, he shows up and he saves the day from a galaxy away, like however many miles, (laughs) how many parsecs. Which is a whole other. Yeah, but like, yes, no, I I agree. The arc is there. You're totally right. The arc is there. I I just think they leaned too far into it because they they do need to have an arc. And you do throughout the movie see Luke go through his ups and downs of being discouraged and having hope and i just in my opinion they lean too far but i get the argument and i think that's why everybody argues this because there's people that are more on my side and people that are more on elijah's side yeah and it's i think that's why that's the biggest conversation from episode eight is because Mm -hmm. it's this character that it's literally like you know the main character of the original trilogy right and then they they took some risks yeah things i like estevan's point though because um Ray needs to be the new Luke. And mm-hmm. so Luke needs to be a completely different archetype than the hero archetype that he is in the original trilogy. So Ray is the Luke archetype now. 
So right. Luke needs to be the grumpy old teacher who is also reluctant to teach because that is also arc in and of itself. That is kind of Luke's tendency, which is something he overcomes, um, which is his his. Well, that's not I wouldn't say that's Luke's tendency, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, like Luke, Luke did need to have a different archetype, which was grumpy old man reluctant to teach, but still the teacher in some way, mm-hmm. um, which he does kind of teach Ray. But anyways, I think I think the whole point I'm trying to make is um, is just that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think yeah. I have anything more. No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I like what you what you said. Like Ray is the new Luke archetype, right? She's the the learner. He's the sage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very much playing with what we expect from what we've already learned about him and uh, Ben Kenobi, right? Like, right, right. He takes him in instantly and is like willing to train him instantly. Like there's no hesitation there. Ben's like, yeah, you're destined for this, right? Like, mm-hmm. Here's your father's lightsaber. That's not the case in, in the last Jedi. Like Ray has to fight to be trained. Right. And it's only when Luke starts down that path of training her that he has like his next setback, which is you're, you're off the chain. You are, you are way too powerful. You don't know how to control it. Right. I've done this before. I'm not doing it again. Right. And that's interesting to me. Like he has a moment where he's like, okay, I guess I'll train you. And then it, you know, subverts again where he's like, no way. You're like just as dangerous as Kylo Ren. Right. Which he doesn't say the name at the time. Sure. So, and then, so as we're kind of gearing the end of this eight conversation a little bit, it seems like I, I think to what your point is the risk taking. And we talk a lot about Warner brothers and we talk a lot about the DC universe (laughs) and what happens when you take risks, when you take risks and there's division studio comes in and tries to do what studio does, which is why we got the original justice league the way it was right. Mm -hmm. Well, not completely. Zack Snyder had a vision, but I don't think Warner brothers was, I think they did what they wanted to do, which was bring a guy like Joss Whedon in and try and sprinkle Marvel into it. And so that's kind of how you get to episode nine, which Mm -hmm. is like we took a huge swing risk. Oh, my God, we got to do everything. We got to do all the tropes Mm -hmm. and and nostalgia again. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think the response to eight, whether people liked it or not, was way over the top. Oh yeah. It was like, you know, they bullied what's her name who played Rose T yeah. off oh, of social yeah. media. Which is absurd because it's not her fault. It's, <laughs> no, it's the writing's no. fault. Yeah. It's, it's whoever wrote her character, it's their fault. It is not the actress's fault. And, so and that's just awful. But yeah. even then they shouldn't have redirected that anger at Ryan Johnson, in my opinion. Like at the end of the day, I say, who cares? This is a movie. You are a fan of a fake fictional world. No one deserves hate right. for writing yeah. a character you love in a way you didn't expect. No one deserves hate for that. And it's part of my problem with like fandoms in general. Like I don't love like the DC fandom, the Marvel fandom when it's like super intense. Right. Because it's like, yeah. 
all it does is hurt people. Like, right. You can love something right. a ton, but then if something doesn't go exactly your way, it's like a, a switch is flipped. They're now enemy number one. On yeah. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and with, with that one in particular, it was just like, okay, the star Wars fandom is like kind of too much. We need to, sure. we need to step back from that. We need to like, people need to realize that they don't own this franchise. Yeah. This is art created by artists. And if someone has a different take on a character that you love, it doesn't matter. That's their take on it. Your your vision of that character can still be whatever you want it to be, right? Like, yeah. I would even say like for Luke, right? Like, sure, you can ignore the the later trilogy. Right. Canon is official, but like, it doesn't change. That doesn't have to change your perspective on it. Right? True. Not you specifically, but no, like, no, no. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's like those people who live in Wikipedia or whatever it is, yeah. like Star Wars Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not exactly how it would have went. <laughs> a galactic star fuse is yeah. like, shut up. Like, <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's something, it's beautiful in its own way, right? Because it's like people are so passionate about something and that's cool. That's right. It's, 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 I, I, uh, I think it's when it comes to the, like, the hate and the actually individuals. Because I, yeah. I think you're, it's fine to hate what some decisions decisions sure. and how it happened yeah. but when you're going and you're just bullying someone that's when it becomes like, like is ryan okay. johnson a bad director for making a movie that didn't hit what people say no, no. because two years later he came out with knives out which yeah, i think right. we've all seen yeah that's yeah. great yeah it's amazing he's Fantastic. he's a perfectly intact artist <laughs> who is like great at what he does and if he missed the mark on this one so what? Yeah. So what? It's it's like we we have to stop. I think pretending that the some of these movies are so important. Like it's great that we're passionate about them, but also like it's art. At the end of the day, art can only exist if we have something to say about right. it. Right. Every or, artist will miss the mark at some point or right. Another. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. that's how art goes. That's how creativity yeah. is. Yeah. Totally. If you were perfect at it, it'd be it'd be boring. Yeah. It's right. Like you have to try things for sure. So, um, I don't know. And then, so back to what you were saying, Elijah, episode mm-hmm. nine, mm-hmm. Disney's like, uh oh. Yeah. Call JJ Abrams <laughs> right now. And I, because I'm not a fan of eight, I respect what JJ Abrams tried to do in nine. And I, when I, after I saw eight and realized that it that wasn't a fan and I didn't like what everything that they did, mm-hmm. I was like, how in the world are they going to turn this around? Right. There is no way. And they, they didn't turn it completely around, but I don't know how they would have after the way episode eight ended. I don't have a better solution of like how things could have turned out. I mean, sure. Different little things. Like I'm not a fan of like Ray and Kylo kissing at the end of the movie. That was very like fan servicey to yeah. me. Um, just little things of changes. But in terms of like the story, like trying to remember what happened in seven and then see how they threw a lot of that stuff out the window and threw all these curveballs in eight mm-hmm. and then wrap it up. That yeah. is a huge order. That is a big task. So even though a lot of people don't like episode nine, I, I respect JJ Abrams for everything he tried to do and trying to just bring it back. That's so funny. Yeah, but like, I, I couldn't disagree more, but we'll, wow. <laughs> really? No, no. I think, I think JJ Abrams, uh, he proved in episode nine that he is like a hack of a director. Ooh, wow. And that might be a spicy take, but I think like there were so many, I don't have a particular like thing I would do to solve what happened in eight, uh-huh. but 
every walking back decision he made, I think was for the worse. Wow. And I don't know if that came from him or from Kathleen Kennedy or what, but like walking back that Ray was nobody turning her into a Palpatine. Uh huh. Um, walking back basically what the, the arc we had with, um, with the entire original trilogy, like somehow Palpatine survived. Oh yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's good. Sure. I, I'm, I'm saying that personally, I, I don't know what else they could have done. Like, yeah, sure. They could have kept, I agree with you on like the Ray thing of the nobody, like sure. They could have, just kept her a nobody and sure they could have not brought back Palpatine because yeah. a lot of people have issues with that. But I'm saying like, what would you do? Like if someone came to me and they're like, Hey, you know, you're going to be writing episode nine and you have a year or two years, however long to do it. And you need to wrap up this, this thing, this trilogy and also all of star Wars. Like that, that's insane. <laughs> well, here, here's, dude. A, here's a pitch. Here's a pitch. Um, We've now got Ray and Kylo situated as kind of like the leaders of their two factions, right? Sure. Leia is around, but she dies early on. Mm-hmm. I wonder also how much it would have been different oh, if sure. uh, Carrie Fisher hadn't passed. Well, that's a, like, another thing. Mm-hmm. Imagine that on top of that tall order. It's like, oh, and by the way, Carrie Fisher <laughs> Carrie is dead. dead. Yeah. Like, yeah, crazy. Um, but like, I think now, like, it, what I would have loved to see. Now that I know what did happen and how unhappy I was with that, I would have loved to see basically like a two huge armies of like the New Republic and uh, First Order, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, and with them at the helm, like those two and like having a big, like a more traditional like leaders clashing thing. Yeah. Instead of it turning into like, What's our final scene? We're back in a throne room with force lightning being thrown at <laughs> our lead character. Right. With the other lead character on the ground. Dying. Sure. Like, yeah. That's why I say, I think there's a lot of ideas <laughs> and things that could have been different. Yeah. But overall as a scope, when it comes to actually sitting down and putting pen to paper mm-hmm. and actually writing the movie and trying to make everybody happy while also incorporating different ideas and also having Disney saying, no, this is how it's going to be like, it is so insane. So I guess that's why I disagree. Mm-hmm. And I think JJ, even though it's not a great movie, I think he did a good job. Okay. I, well, here's the thing. This is what, this is my thing. This yeah. is kind of my pitch here. I think what they could have done, what I think should have been the focus was to create a new, culture within the galaxy so i think that's those are things Mm -hmm. in star wars that are very very important it's like these historical events like the clone wars they talk about the clone wars right Uh as it's like this almost like it's like the battle of bunker hill yeah yeah. or something (laughs) something that was a really huge turning point in the entire arc of the galaxy in and of itself um and then so yeah so you got the clone wars which turns into, which is, you know, then turns into Palpatine creating the whatever the heck that ter- that becomes the new, then the galaxy is changed forever, right? Mm-hmm. Not forever, but kind of forever, but for a very long time. Like mm-hmm. that's a whole new state of the galaxy, a whole new regime, a the whole empire, new culture, yeah. right. empire. Yeah, totally. 
So then by when with whatever happens at the end with Vader killing Palpatine and Luke coming back like that creates a whole new culture, a whole new like ideology understanding throughout the galaxy. And so I think what they should have done is and your idea about the big battle made me think of this Mm -hmm. is just like another thing where it makes you feel like you're watching the history of this galaxy unfold again that results in something that that will be talked about for for decades and millennia to come the same way like the clone wars would be and even yeah. the way that like the, the destruction of the death star right. was like yes that mm-hmm. felt like we were watching like history happen yes right with the trench run and everything. right like it's mm-hmm. it's so well delivered and so well hyped up in that first movie yes that by the time it's over you're like i have just witnessed something amazing yes well and then by the end of like, you can tell actually because it and seven are so similar, you can kind of compare it with like Starkiller Base. Yeah. Right? They win and it's like, okay. <laughs> right. <Cool. laughs> like that feels like that should be a crushing blow. Right. And yet here we are like the next movie and we're running away from the First Order still. Yeah. Nothing's changed. We're still on the run. We're still the like small faction. Right. All that work seems to be for nothing. Right. And so what I like, what I think by culture, I mean, really is like, like after, like, so before, before the empire, there's like a really under a big understanding about what the Jedi are, what they do, what their philosophy is and what the state of the galaxy is. Yeah. Then after the empire for a while, like culturally, like that spiritual philosophy is kind of, um, a myth almost, or like an urban legend, you know, unless you really see it with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. So I think like, but there was like, I think what I'm trying to say is I wish they would have kind of doubled down on mm-hmm. what Rain Johnson wanted, which I know was not <laughs> everyone's liking, but yeah. I think they should have doubled down and created a whole new like culture in the sense. And I'm, I'm once again, advocating for the gray area. And I think having someone like Ahsoka Tano Mm. be the leader of a new age of protectors who are not light side nor dark side, but have a, an under a nuanced philosophy about things and are just kind of like, that's how we're moving forward. And if there is, and and that's how we're going to try and keep the peace from here on out. I also wish they would have doubled down on the nobody thing only because one of the things I remember from eight that they never fucking readdress again is the very last scene where some random little boy uses the force. Yeah, to pick oh, up the yeah. literally the last yeah. shot of the movie. It's yeah. the last shot of episode eight. And to me, that shot says anyone could be a hero. Right. And this kid from we don't he's on the casino planet. Yep. Right? Yes. I think. This kid who just was there when something crazy happened, doesn't seem to be special at all, could be special. Right. Yes. Just because some people can be special. And like. They yeah, completely right, get never, rid of that. Yeah, no, yeah. Just, because then it becomes I'm Ray Skywalker. And it's like that <laughs> undercuts that. <laughs> completely. No, yeah, dude. I mean, episode nine is so there's so many problems yeah. with it. And I think episode eight, I think, has more like realistic like how does that work how does that happen problems and episode nine has issues of like why did you decide why did why was why that was that down? written yeah right why i'll tell you my big not my biggest complaint but uh something that was a huge missed opportunity in nine is when ray first uses force lightning Love and it that. shocks dude i remember in the theater i was like 
that is amazing. And she's you, trying to, to stop the shit. Killed Chewie. And, and she killed Chewie. And I think, I wish they would have went with that. Yeah. I wish Chewbacca would have died. I love Chewbacca. But <laughs> imagine that. It's like that, that shows like you're so strong in the force and you so don't know what you're doing that you literally just killed yeah. Chewbacca. And like, it reinforces huge. what Luke was saying in the previous movie. Right. And it's like, wow, I guess my teacher was right. I really got to work on this. Yeah. I just killed a friend of mine. My jaw was on the floor yeah. in the theater. I was like, they did not just kill Chewbacca. But in a, in a good, good way. way. I mean, I was but, sad. But in terms of like a movie, but, I was like, this is awesome. Right. And then he doesn't die. And I two was scenes like, later, oh, they man, undercut it immediately. Like, you got they do the same kidding. thing with C3PO. They like yep. wipe his memory and then just kidding, he's back. Which that like, moment was so huh. emotional. Yeah. He's like saying goodbye. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like so emotional. And it's, then, no, it's the like no. meta version of what I was talking about with Ryan John with yeah. eight, where it's like decisions don't matter. Except yeah. in Ryan's thing, it's in the world that happens. In episode nine, it's within the writing. It's yes. within JJ's decision. I agree. So yeah. like that's, it's sim- it's funny that they both do it. Uh-huh. One of them just is like in world thematically happening. Yes. The other is like, ah, right. oh, we got you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Again, weird. though, I'd be lying. And I think we can all say this. Maybe I'm wrong. But mm-hmm. like, I enjoy watching all of them despite the flaws. And despite how much I don't like episode eight. Yeah. It's still like. I mean, talking it, about all this now makes me want to go back and watch. Right. Like it, right. it has that yeah. Star Wars has this feeling to it in all the movies. And despite how bad something is, it's this feeling that like. It's magic. It's, it's, it's magic. It's, like, yeah. I don't know. Watching Space Wizards. Right. Like, it's magic. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Space um, Wizards uh, and Samurais. Exactly. I'll say this much for Nine though. And this is where they, they get me is Palpatine is my favorite character. Mm -hmm. So that was one of those where like, I didn't get at first, I I think I had a feeling deep down inside, like this is not right, Mm -hmm. but Palpatine is my favorite character. (laughs) So so I was like, okay, I'm into it. I I do wish, see, see, this would have ruined Star Wars maybe, but I kind of just wish they would have went, Ray turns bad, Kylo turns good. Oh, that would have been. I just wish they would have done. We had theories about that. Uh huh. Like Ray's playing with the dark side. She's going to turn bad. Kylo clearly still has good in him. Mm -hmm. He hesitated, even though he lied about it to Snoke. He hesitated when he killed his father. Right. Yeah. Didn't kill his mother, and then, yeah, like that would have been a really interesting Mm -hmm. thing. Instead of just having one side flip to the good side, it's like, what if they both flipped? What? Here's the thing that I think about keeps me up at night. There apparently is a, a different version of episode nine mm-hmm. that is written. And I don't, I think it was from that Colin Trevorrow guy, the Released Jurassic the World guy. Cut. And it was called, it was called Star Wars episode nine, Duel of the Fates. Yeah. Which is the, the name of the song in mm-hmm. episode one of the famous Darth Maul fight. I mean, yeah. just that title alone gets me excited. And there's like concept art from it that looks incredible i don't know what the story was gonna be but it makes you think you know if what happened in episode eight didn't happen and disney would have continued their original plans Mm. what would episode nine have been how different would it have been would it have been this like masterpiece movie would it have sucked well but no one knows but you say it right there what if they continue with their original plans they didn't have it that's the thing (laughs) right there's no what if for it because there's no what right you know what i mean there's right. no like 
there's no content there to have branched off from. It was just, hey, JJ, make this first return to Star Wars. Cool. Hey, Ryan, make the second one. Cool. Right. And I like what you said about you wish you had, they had doubled down on eight because I think. You I mean like, on nine? No, 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 on eight. Oh, like on double eight? down on eight on the into nine. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because, you know, you're a comedy guy. Yes. And? And. Yes, and. Yes, right? and. So, like, right. <laughs> the, you don't fix a problem in a story necessarily by saying, just kidding, that's not what we meant to do. Right. You, you justify it. You say, here's why that was the right thing to do. And trust that the, the path you took is leading you to it's interesting. A good destination, a satisfying destination. And they clearly didn't have that faith in themselves, nor in Ryan Johnson, because yeah. they canned him. Which is why <laughs> I understand, too, the whole feeling that J.J. is kind of a hack, just because it really did prove that J.J. is a company man. He, yeah, I don't he's know what his thing man. is. Like, I don't know what he's about. I don't know what kind of stories he likes to tell other than mysteries. Like, he likes to mm-hmm. put a bunch of mystery stuff out there. And, you know, I'll admit I'm not, like, very familiar with all of his work. But, like, you know, I've seen uh, uh, I've seen some of Lost. I've seen the new Star Trek movies. Yeah. Star Trek movies, in a, in a weird way, kind of feel like the Star Wars movies. It's a reboot. He's bringing his own, like, type of storytelling to mm-hmm. it. But I don't really get what he's trying to say with it. I don't he's, know. He's bringing his quick zooms into it. That's yeah, what the yeah. fuck he's bringing. Yeah, every right. goddamn thing, man. Yeah. It's like, oh, there. That's a JJ quick zoom. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Super Eight. I think that's his. Uh, oh, yeah. I like Super Good Eight, point. Too. and Good I liked uh, yeah. Cloverfield. Isn't that him too? Wait, I don't know. Is he? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's like original right. Cloverfield a producer is, or something. I think. I think he was. He helped. He's yeah. The Cloverfield universe is his like. Is from his mind, I think. I believe that's uh-huh. from yeah. yeah. Which I can fuck with that. I can do yeah. that. I, can I think movie. he's very much like, he's very much a Steven Spielberg. Like, Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. loves the alien, the yeah. mystical. Yeah. And I think he's kind of in that realm, too. Yeah. Yeah, J.J. Yeah, Abrams produced Cloverfield, directed by Matt Reeves. Oh! oh you're right. right. Yep. You're right. right. man. My um, man. Batman director. I fucked right. with my Wild. boy, Matthew Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Reeves. <laughs> Those who know him call him Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. What What were your thoughts on Nine? I haven't heard what, yeah, like, Stephane. your initial, not only initial, but your current thoughts on Nine. What are, like, because I'm mixed yeah. about it, you know? So Nine was one of those that, um, it was the first one that I didn't rush to the theater to see. Ah. Um, I didn't see it oh, until right. like when the Oscars came out. Wow. I remember was, I went with you to see it again. Yeah. Yep. So like it was like two or three months after the movie had already been out. Right. Before I saw it. And when I went to see it, I still felt that excitement. Sure. Because it's a Star Wars movie. I had also heard all the bad stuff about it. and But I was also excited just to see how they would wrap this thing up. And mm-hmm. so, again, it was one of those when I watched it, I was like, whoa, cool. Mm-hmm. Little low, little uh, lackluster on the lightsaber fighting and stuff, mm-hmm. but still cool. And I haven't seen it since. So right. and that's, oh, been, wow. that's been two years. Three, almost three. three almost three. three. So half, it's yeah. really not fresh in my memory at all. Like okay. some of the stuff you guys are yeah. talking about. I forgot she almost killed Chewbacca with force lightning. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. I also haven't seen it since... 
it came out. I haven't wow. either, actually. I watched it in theaters Wait, when once. we went to see it, and then I saw okay. it yeah. the time yeah. back in LA. Okay. And then after that, I just never watched it again. It, I don't remember rough. how it ends. You don't remember the ending? It has one of the most uh, infamous lines in all of Star Wars. I'm Ray. Ray Skywalker. With a yellow lightsaber. Yeah. She's a yellow Tatooine. lightsaber? Which yeah. is kind of fun, I guess. Yeah, the yellow lightsaber is cool. That's but, fun. Huh. But yeah, she like considers herself a Skywalker, which that whole thing divides fans too. Mm. Um, like, yeah, which is a whole nother thing. But at the end of the day, I think that everything would have been better if they just planned it all out. Oh, sure. and, and going back to what I said towards like the beginning of the podcast, it saddens me to watch episode seven. Because I really like it and I like everything that was set up. And if they would have written all three movies at the same time and s- figured out what those setup, what the payoffs were going to be of those setups, I think we could have had something awesome. But unfortunately, yeah. that's not what happened. And mm-hmm. so we have this super controversial new trilogy. And I think we can all agree we, we wanted cooler lightsaber fights from yeah sure from the prequels which fingers crossed i really hope we get in this new obi-wan show that's coming I, out i'm i'm like i also like i th- need it this might be the hottest take i have actually oh, this whole thing okay good hot take i'm i'm kind of tired of jedi man yeah i'm kind of tired of it i want to see more like stories about just the people in that world like, like the underground okay. stuff yeah like yeah. I, that's why i liked the mandalorian a yeah. Lot. yeah and that's uh, there were parts of the mandalorian where we veered into the jedi side of things like when ahsoka shows up right yeah. and mm-hmm. they have she has that fight with the other with the the lady with the spear yes. yeah and like cool fight like really really cool but i was like that's right that this feels weird now because i've gotten used to this like just telling a story about someone who exists in this world and is living in it rather than like this destined warrior, you know, magician. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I'm, I want more stories about just new characters. Mm-hmm. Like, did anybody ask for the book of Boba Fett? No. Like, no. You said it's okay though, right? You've watched some of it? I, I won't, haven't seen the last two episodes, but okay. um, it's pretty good. Elijah, you said it was really The last good, right? two episodes are the, the best, best episodes. Yeah, it's so okay. Well, so it gets better as the it goes. second to last episode is the best episode. Okay. For, but I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah, don't say me. Ruin it. But there's yeah. a reason that the the second to last episode of the Book of Boba Fett is the best episode. And that's because it has not much to do with the world of the actual show. But mm. other Star Wars stuff, that's a lot that Better. we like more than that actual show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's why yeah. I'm excited about the Rogue Squadron show because it's going to mm-hmm. be like new characters or characters we met but don't like know intimately, and they're going to be doing stuff that isn't related to like things that we we've heard about. It's like new. I thought it was a smart move that Disney made to instead of making a Boba Fett show that they made the Mandalorian because people have this expectation of Boba Fett and who he is but because there's so little of him no one's going to be happy yeah so they were like okay well we need to make a cool like bounty hunter type character and we'll see if it works so instead of going into Boba Fett they made the Mandalorian no one had any expectations of like who this guy was and how it was going to play out. And it mm-hmm. totally paid off. And then because that was successful, we got book of Boba Fett. Cause right. I think they were like, okay, we can do this now. And from what I've seen, I haven't finished the show, but from what I've seen, he is different 
from what I pictured in my mind. And it kind of is a little disappointing and not that I don't like him and not that I don't like the show, but I, I think it was, I almost wish they wouldn't have touched it because I think it's cool to kind of have that character of like, that's Boba Fett. He's this mysterious guy. We've seen him for like 10 minutes and we mm. know nothing we about him. We don't need anything about and, him. Like, and, yeah. and before Mandalorian, I always wanted a Boba Fett movie or show because he's so cool. And I'm like, I want to see more of this guy. But that's why I say I think Disney's play of doing the Mandalorian show was genius. And I th- don't think they should have gone into Boba Fett. Not to say that Boba Fett's not good. It's a good show. Yeah, I think that's the hard part about being in that position of executive. Yeah. Because you have all these fans screaming for something that they mm-hmm. want so, so bad for years and years and years. Like the Obi-Wan show. Right. And uh, I think we can all agree as creatives, it's better to to take the um approach of leave them wanting more right don't Mm -hmm. always give them more because then when you do it's it's been so many years now that their expectations are going to be uh you can't right satisfy it well and i think also there's a part of it where it's like you as a fan of something you don't always know what you actually want Mm -hmm. yeah and it sounds like kind of dismissive to say that but like creative like writers and directors can more accurately, I think, tell what an audience will respond to than the audience themselves will. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, our job as creatives to be like, you know, I know you're saying you want this, but trust me, this will give you more of a, of a, of a reaction. This, you will respond to this path more. Right. And like, that's exactly what they did with Boba Fett. Right. Right. They're like, yeah, I don't think you want Boba Fett as much as you think you do. Like he was on screen for ten minutes, said two lines, and he shot was cool. once, I think, and then died. Yeah, right. <laughs> quote unquote, died. And then, and then they were like, "But the place he comes from, the Mandalorians, they're pretty cool. Let's tell a story about them." Right. And sure yeah. enough, nailed it. And, yeah. and John Favreau and Dave Filoni are like killing it. I'm super excited for the Obi Wan show because. Mm-hmm. I agree. I do want to see more of the non-Jedi stuff, but if I'm going to see Jedi stuff, I want to see Obi-Wan. And, and, and it's <laughs> a great very story excited. to tell, right? Because right. we've all wondered what happened in between episode three and four. Totally. What happened? Let's explore that. There's great stuff to see, I'm sure. Totally. I. A question is, do you think we will ever get another Star Wars trilogy or movie, or is it just going to be I think for a while, Disney's going to lay low because of what happened with the new trilogy. And I think they're like, let's just stick to the shows. It's working. Yeah. But do you think they're ever going to come back with either a trilogy or just like a spinoff movie? Yeah, it makes them too much money to not do that. Mm -hmm. I think they will. I think they'll kind of sit on the TV shows for a little bit, see what comes up creatively from that. Mm -hmm. Look at the fan subreddits and stuff. (laughs) And they go back and be like, you know, we could probably squeeze another trilogy from this. Yeah, I would like to see stuff like before the prequels, yeah, like uh, Republic the old stuff. Republic stuff, like when there's like tons of Jedi and mm-hmm. yeah. tons of, of Sith and stuff like that would be probably really get a cool. Yoda show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, you got 800 years of history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you guys seen those cutscenes they make for the Old Republic video game? Mm-mm. Dude. They're they're these cinematics they make. They're just, you know, they're animated for the game. And they're like some of the best Star Wars content ever. They're it's so like Five cool. to six minute short films, basically. I and love they're, that. They're emotionally impactful. They have some of the best fight choreography 
in all those, you know, lightsaber fights. And if they just took that and made like an animated Star Wars uh-huh. something again, I think yeah. really So cool. I think that's where studios are lacking is like they should pull video game writers for some of these movies because Ooh. video game writers, Ooh. there's some really good ones out there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like they do know how to write really good story and keep you right. engaged because a video game has to keep you wanting to keep going forward with it. Well, that's funny yeah. you say that because I remember with season one of The Mandalorian, I thought it felt like a video game, right, a lot yes. of it, because it was like a lot of fetch quests where it's like, I need this or my ship's broken and, and I got to yeah. go to this planet. And he returns to the armorer and every time he gets a new piece of armor, he has a flashback sequence. It's like he completed <laughs> yeah. the mission and like came back to his hub world. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that can work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I could see them doing like an Old Republic movie or trilogy. If they're going to ever continue and go forward with the future of Star Wars and bring Ray back or have new characters. Who knows? I have no idea, but uh, it'll be interesting to see in the, in the coming years. I just want to know so, uh, what do we grade the sequel trilogy? Ooh, ooh. I'm going to give it. So the whole trilogy, the whole trilogy. Oh, that's oh, so wow. hard for me because wow, I wow, love wow, seven wow. and I don't like eight and nine. I have very mixed feelings. I know. As so a whole. you put put like a number score to it. I want so like a like a like a letter, letter grade. I okay. Oh, okay. I think a letter grade. Well, okay. actually, however, however, you okay. can even do both. I'm gonna go C plus. C plus. C plus. I'm gonna give Gosh. it a C plus, and if we're doing one through ten, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. okay. Man, fair. that's t- that's such a hard question, dude. Yeah, that is. The, I'm so the hard question. Hard hitting. That's the red band way. Yes. <laughs> I. It's all uh, here and it's all unfiltered. <laughs> so let's get started. Uh, I, I think. Uh, gosh, dude. I would probably give it, I want to say a like seven. I like it. I think I would give it a seven on the scale because I think seven really saved it. And the the magic that it brought back for me was, was big. And like I said before, even though I don't love episode nine and I don't really like episode eight, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a good time watching it. There, mm-hmm. It's it's not like a, a movie I watch where I'm like, this sucks. I want to turn it off. Yeah. It's more like a movie that I watch that I'm like, this is pretty bad, but I want to keep watching. Of course. Type of thing. So I'm going to go with a seven. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like seven. I I don't know if I can give a great answer to this. Sure. Um, I, because I, I have to compare it to the other trilogies, right? Yeah. Mm. Because I would give the original trilogy like an A. Right. You know, yeah. Still not perfect because it's still you know it's flawed pieces yeah. of media, but I'd give it an A. Really, really great. Inspired so many things after it. Like just so much fun to watch and great story. Uh, the prequel trilogy, I probably would give like a B plus. Okay. Like because yeah, there's a lot of dumb stuff in it. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of really dumb stuff in it. Right. Sand. But, yeah. It's <laughs> worse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. But it's become one of the most quotable. (laughs) Yeah. But there's like, there's something to it. We were talking about like, you only roast the ones you love. Yeah. And obviously we keep roasting those movies and there's a, there's a richness to the world too. Like every place they go, I feel like I'm seeing like 
a real new world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas new world. in the new trilogy, yeah, a whole new world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whereas with the the new trilogy, I feel like I don't really have that richness at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Like right. even the coolest places they go to, I'm like, okay, I don't really remember much about it. It was just like playing with action figures. It was like we right. we have a backdrop and we have our action figures. Right. Yeah. That's it. There's no like they don't feel like they inhabit the world. Right. Um. So I would probably give it like a, what did you say? A C plus? I gave a C plus. I think I'd give it like a C. I think I'm, I'm like but like that. leaning yeah. toward plus. Sure. Because there are great things in it. Yeah. And like I said, like my favorite moment in Star Wars is in eight, which is a movie I don't really like. Right. <laughs> Even though, despite what you've heard today, right, I don't right. really <laughs> like it that much. But um, no, I think that's where I'd land. I like it. I'm probably at about a B6. I like it. Okay. I like a B6. Yeah. 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 We're not a full B12 shot. <laughs> or, like a B6 diminished chord. Yeah, yeah. A V8. A V8. But I rated okay. a V8. Yeah. Exactly. All the way down to V. Dang. Wow. <laughs> wow. So can we all agree that uh, I think we all said episode three is our favorite? Is that right? Or am I wrong? Let's see. What do you got? Uh, it's the classic answer, but Empire. Of course. Empire. Empire. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good movie. Three for me. Yeah. Um, three for me, and then Empire. Um, my sneaky, my uh, what's what's the guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is Clone Wars. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Or Attack yeah. of the same Clones. Way, man. Yeah, Attack, Attack of, the of the Clones is my yeah. guilty pleasure, just because it 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 had when I when when Phantom Menace came out, it was mind blowing. But I was still a little too young. Mm-hmm. But I saw it plenty in the theaters. I loved it. It was amazing. Right, I sure. knew how dope it was. But like clone, Attack of the Clones, like nothing will ever beat watching Yoda pull his oh, light. Dude. That shit. Dude. Incredible. Yeah, I incredible. couldn't even fucking fathom that. Yeah. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. So, so good. Yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah. What's absolutely. your favorite, Esteban? Favorite's probably three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I saw four through six that much until after the original trilogy came yeah. out. Oh, okay. No, you mean till after the prequels? The prequels came, yeah. came wow, out. Wow, okay. Yeah. I remember like watching the original trilogy and episode two, a little bit of one, but like all the time. Like I remember yeah. coming home from elementary school and like I had the trilogy, the original trilogy VHS. Yeah. And I would same, like put it same. in. And like just have it on while I'm like doing homework or right. whatever. And then same with episode two. It was just like yeah. constantly yeah. watching it. And that's why there was so much hype for three. I had this tiny little uh like VHS TV combo, you know, where you like put ah, it in the TV. Yeah. I and I there I remember like distinctly like building a fort in my <laughs> room with like a little like tent of yeah. blankets and stuff having the TV in the fort and playing uh, nice. Star Wars or watching Star Wars in there. Love it. I have to say, no, you're still holding on. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to get into the microphone and do the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to sound so terrible. That's okay. <laughs> Bring me the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, Give man. Give me levels down. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. So... Thank you to our two guests yeah, for stopping you, by. Guys, as yeah, always. Thanks for having us. Thank you yeah. so much course, for having man. me and for letting me ramble Any, about oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime That wasn't as bad. I was expecting you to come in and be like, the juxtaposition. <laughs> the critical that's post. really the, the word. That's the no-no word. I love yeah, yeah. juxtaposition. <laughs> Notice here. The contradiction. Uh, yeah. Notice at time code 47 minutes and 50 yeah, yeah, yeah. seconds. The <laughs> juxtaposition kind of and the, the consumerism of, the consumer uh, of post. 
listening we, anymore. I had more to say. <laughs> we could go, but hey, we're, uh, this is this is lovely because it was like a bit of a roast, but also a bit of a celebration. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the beauty of art is that you get to critique the things you consume and also love them. Yeah, beautifully put. Well said. So on that note, hope you all had a great May the Fourth, and May the Fourth be with you. Honestly, man, let it be with you. Yeah. Let it yeah. be with you. I watch Star Wars you. Episode 3. Yeah. Go yeah. back and watch the ending of Star Wars Episode 8. See if you see any blasters coming from the speakers. <laughs> I do not. That's true. <laughs> yeah, check his work. Good luck. And, and see, check. tell answer. Send in to Red Band. What yeah. was their plan? What was the Resistance's plan? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Everywhere. Twitter. Google Twitter. Plus. No, we don't have a Twitter, but... <laughs> We'll get MySpace. MySpace. You can find us on MySpace. Hell yeah. Napster. Napster. Wow. LimeWire. What was the other one? LimeWire? LimeWire. Wow. Forgot about LimeWire. find us on the Pirate Bay. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, until then, everyone, may the fourth be with you, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time.